Good stuff. How's everybody doing today? Are you good? All right, we're going to do some calisthenics to get started. You guys ready? No? Well, so today's message is a little bit challenging for me um, because you guys know I'm typically an encourager, and I'm going to encourage you throughout this, but um, I'm also going to share the truth inside of what God's Word says. And uh, so we're going to be in John 15 or John 5, 16 through 30. And uh, if you guys have read ahead and can see what we're talking about today, it's, it is challenging. And um, we love the salvation message, right? Would you agree with that? We love the message of salvation. You know that we're sinful. We accept Christ as our Savior. We get to live a life here that's incredibly blessed. We get to have eternal life. The other side of that story is um, um, the judgment side. And if we don't accept Christ as our Savior, and that's hell. And so we're going to talk about hell today, and you're like, I didn't want to come to church talk about hell. Well, that's what we're going to do today. So, but what I want to do is I want to start with the very um, second to last page of my notes. And I didn't really think about this till this morning, but God put it on my heart to do that. Um, so before we do, I want, to, I want to pray again, okay? So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, we feel your spirit in here. I thank you so much um, for already moving. Um, I know, God, that, that you overcame some hurdles um, this morning to get some folks here that maybe weren't going to come. And so we thank you for that. I thank you for those that are listening online, God. I pray for each one of our hearts, God, that you would just translate what's coming out of my mouth today into the hearts that those are listening, God, into exactly what they need, whatever that may be, God, because I believe 100% that you can do that. So God, move today, change us, revive us, God, show us your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so um, this is, this is where we're going to end the message, but I want to start here. So this fact of final judgment is taught throughout the whole Bible. Do you agree with that? That final judgment's coming, right? So Jesus' first coming was salvation. The second coming is about, is about judgment. It's scary. It's not real popular, but it's the truth. We also uh, must remember the amazing promise in Jesus, what he tells us in verse 24 inside of our scripture today, is that we are saved by faith, and trust in him. We also have to go back to that promise in Romans 8.1 that says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right? So that's where we're going to end today. But I want to start with that because in the very beginning, um, we know that throughout the Gospel of John, we know that Jesus is what? A miracle worker. We know that he's the Lamb of God. Um, uh, the Father's gift to us is salvation and Savior of the world. But we also know he's the judge of the world. And so let me kind of set the stage a little bit. So Jesus just healed the lame man, right? 38 years, you remember that last week? Um, Jeremy talking about that. I have absolutely love that message, and I've preached around that a number of times because I think it's so important that we pick up our mat, right? Would you agree? Do you have a mat that needs to be picked up and you take off running with that thing? Probably, so don't lay on the mat. That was kind of coming out of the message from last week. So Jesus just healed this man 38 years, right? Do you think that ruffled some feathers inside the Jewish uh, religious leaders? Absolutely. Why is that? 
Because they were the big shots. They were the ones back then that, that had a following, right? That people looked up to. Now this new guy, Jesus, shows up. He's doing miraculous signs, and they're not very happy about it. So we're going to talk today about their jealousy and their envy and their anger towards Jesus, okay? But inside of that, so the healing just happened. Jesus is getting ready to tell them really two things is set up inside the healing of that man. One is that he's getting ready to set the doctrine of his deity. Would you agree with that? So 16 through 30, you want to know who Jesus is? Read 5, 6, 5 16 through 30. I mean, he, I think he says it seven different ways in here who he is, okay? The other thing that it does, and I love this, he does it to get them flamed up a little bit, to get them a little excited, to get their attention. Does Jesus do that with us at times? I think so. Do we listen to him every time? Probably not, right? Do we need to more? Absolutely. Are you guys hot? Is it hot in here? Woo! I'm getting hot. All right. So I'm going to read through. You're probably going to get worn out on Scripture today um, because I'm going to read through 16 through 30, and then I'm going to circle back around, and we're going to dive into it. And the reason that I'm doing that is, one, is we preach the, the, the Word of God. Amen? Right? The other is, I want you to know, this is coming directly from Jesus. So this isn't coming from Josh. I didn't write this down, right? It's coming out of God's word and Jesus speaking this to us. So let's start. So verse 16. It says, so the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. And again, he just healed this man. But Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his Father, thereby making himself equal with God, right? So he's very clear here saying, hey guys, this is who I am, number one. So, so Jesus went on, he says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. So he's referencing back to what he just did. Then you will truly be astonished. For just as the Father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone that he wants. So again, put yourself back in that setting. Be a religious leader at this point. How would you take that? How would you take that statement? Probably not real well. In addition, the father judges no one. Instead, he has given the son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the son just as they honor the father. Anyone who does not honor the son is certainly not honoring the father who sent him. Are you following? Does that make sense? He goes on and says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message, and this is so important here, okay? Verse 24 I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Amen? How many believers do we have here today? Nice. That's good. All right. Sometimes like one person. I'm like, really? We got one? Okay. He says, there will never be condemnation for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. So when we accept Jesus as our Savior, no longer are we condemned for our sins, but what do we have around our sins? Conviction. Conviction's good, and you're like, no, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's really good. Because that tells you what, it, what you're doing wrong, right? So we have to respond to that. Jesus says, and I assure you, 
That the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God. And those who listen will live. The Father has life in himself, and he has granted that same life-giving power to the Son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he's the Son of Man. Don't be so surprised, he says. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. Amen. Those who have done good will rise. So listen. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. Amen? So we pray for God's blessing on the reading of his word. And I think what's cool, I, I, don't, I haven't been to a whole lot of other churches, but sometimes they do that in the very beginning. They read all the way through and they pray for God's blessing on that, which I just think is cool. Maybe we'll start doing more of that. Um, so first thing I want to hit on is do you think that these um, Jewish religious leaders are a little um, jealous at this point? Do you feel like they're getting a little excited? Do you feel like things are starting to heat up a little bit? Do you feel like there's going to be a little bit of controversy? I think so. It tells us they're trying to figure out a way to kill him, right? Do you think they're pretty mad? I would say so. I don't think we have anybody, hopefully not in our lives, trying to kill us, right? So they're pretty upset. So there's really two stages of jealousy, right? So there's the envy state, which we kind of, we think of as someone having something and we don't. We're going to talk about that in a minute. The other side of it is what they were doing, and that is fiercely protecting something that you have. So they had a following, right? They had people watching what they were doing. All, back then, all the folks that were religious listened to what they said. Well, now they're being questioned because Jesus is showing up doing some miraculous things, and now they're losing some of their power, some of their popularity, and they're desperately wanting to hold on to that. Would you agree? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever experienced that inside of your job or school where somebody new comes to town and they're getting all the attention? Or somebody, maybe a new, new somebody comes to work and no longer are you the, the most popular one. Have you made some poor choices at times? Maybe, right? So we understand that, that, that Jesus is saying, hey, this is who I am. The Jewish religious leaders are saying, whoa, we're unsure about this. So let me ask you. They could not even see the healing that Jesus performed. In reality, because they were so caught up in this jealousy and anger. So have you been jealous before? So three of you. Okay. You're, all right. Right? Most everybody in the room has been jealous over something at some point. Is that what God wants us to... Is that the mindset that God wants us to have? No. Is it great to have goals and mentors and people that we look up to? Absolutely. But we don't want to put them on such a high pedestal that we forget about how God great, how good and great God made us. Amen? Here's the other side. Right now, holidays, right? Gifts. You see all kinds of advertisements. Well, I want that. I want this. Or so-and-so got this. And they're going to get this, Right? So we can begin to focus on all the things that we don't have. And what do we do while we're doing that? We forget about all the blessings that we already have. So going into this holiday season, next to your Christmas list, 
you probably ought to put a grateful list. Here's all the things that I'm grateful for. These are all the things I already have, right? Here's all the things I want, right? And your kids are like, well, I just want the want list, <laughs> right? Right? Make the other one too. And my point is, is don't get so caught up in, in what other people have that you just forget about what God's doing in your life or in your work or in your family, okay? The other side of it is, have you ever been, I would truly say that these guys were blinded by their anger. Would you agree? They were so upset. Somebody new comes to town, doing some things. They're like, have you ever been in that place? Have you been so upset with someone or a situation or maybe someone that's done something against you or lied about you or gossiped about you or whatever the case may be, took your spot on the basketball team, what, whatever, that you've been so mad that you haven't really been able to see straight and think straight? I have. I mean, I hate to admit it, but I have. Is that, what, is that the mindset that God wants us to have? No. God wants us to pray about that situation. He wants us to take a step back. Most of the time when I'm upset, as long as I take a step back, and I call it flying at 40,000 foot, and I take a big picture view of what's going on around me, usually I have some responsibility inside of that thing. Usually there is something that I've done to contribute to that thing. Okay, These religious leaders saw miraculous signs being worked in front of them, but they were so into the hatred and the jealousy piece of Jesus, they forgot to step back and look at like, oh my goodness, maybe this guy is the Messiah. Amen? Right? So I don't know what you have going on in your life right now. I don't know what challenges you have. I don't know what hurdles you have coming up. Um, but I would just ask that you, you make that list of all the things that you're grateful for. And kiddos, if you don't get everything on your list, it's okay. It's going to be all right. You're going to make it to the next day, right? I promise. Just think about all the things. Think about this. Think, all, think about all the things that you're going to look to toss out the day after Christmas this year that you got last year that were so special. And in one year, they're gone, right? On to something else. And that's life. That's part of it. It's fun, right? But don't get so focused on those materialistic things you forget about the people that are sitting right next to you. So just look at who's sitting next to you. Are you grateful for them today? Absolutely. So when you're making that list of all the things you're grateful for, make sure you put them on it. And you know what? Hold their hand a little bit tighter. Sit a little bit closer to them. You know, give them another hug. Give them a kiss goodbye. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are the things we seem to forget about during this time of the year. We, we get up, caught up in the hustle and the bustle and buying and all that stuff. Okay? Sound like a plan? All on the same page? Okay. Let's do it. So, Jesus obviously is claiming that he is God. Like, he is equal to God inside of what's going on. They're obviously outraged. In verse uh, 19 and 20, he doesn't deny that, that, he, that he is God, that he confirms this and tells them really to take seriously what he's saying. So I want to read this again. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. He's saying this, saying, hey, what I'm doing is exactly what God wants me to do, be doing. You're praising God. You're not praising me, right? So whatever the father does, the son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Can you imagine what they were thinking? Well, how could you do any more than just healing this man? 
Then you'll be truly astonished, is what, what Jesus is saying. One and the same. Activity, purpose, God, Jesus, the same, is what he's conveying. Okay? And I can only imagine how confident and clear Jesus spoke this message. Have you met someone, ran into someone in your life that is so confident and clear? The clarity behind their message is so crisp, you're like, wow, I have. I see that. I love it. It's an incredible attribute that folks have. Do you, was he sheepish? Was he like, hey, I'm, I'm the son of God? No. Like he knew who he was. I want you to know who you are. That you're a child of God, created on purpose, for a purpose. Do you carry yourself that way? We're going to talk about being representatives of Jesus here in a minute. And uh, are we living the life that Jesus wants us to live? We're, I don't, what was the word that I used earlier? Rear ends, I think. Are you being a rear end? And what I mean by that is, like, we're representatives of Christ. So at work... Do people see us as representatives of Christ? At school, do people see us as representatives of Christ? Or do people see us as rear ends? <laughs> right? So if they see you, Mark Lee was here this morning and him and I worked together. And I'm like, Mark, so if you and I were acting like rear ends, think anybody want to come to church? He's like, no. Right? So again, we're representatives. So whatever conviction God puts on your heart, own that thing. If there's somebody at work that you need to tell about Jesus, then tell them, okay? All right, we better keep moving. All right, so verse 21, Jesus makes another bold statement. He says, for just as the Father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone that he wants. So just to be clear, back in biblical times, there were other um, people that raised folks um, to life. Okay, I'll give you a couple examples. Peter raised Dorcas in Acts 9. Elijah raises the widow's son in 1 Kings. The difference there is, is that they never claimed to have that power. They always gave that power and credit of the power to God. The difference in this situation is Jesus is saying, I have the power, right? So he himself is taking ownership of that. So he's being very clear that his equality to God is on the same, same level, same field. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so then in 22 and 23, he says this. In addition, the father judges no one. Instead, he has given the son absolute authority to judge. And again, remind you that the Jewish leaders were listening. He was right there. He's telling this to them. And they're like, probably like, man, who does this guy think he is? Right? The rage has got to be building inside of them. He says he has given the son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the son just as they honor the father. Anyone who does not honor the son is certainly not honoring the father who sent them or sent him. So they're saying, Jesus is telling them, you need to honor me. Do you think that they wanted to honor Jesus? Mm -mm. I don't think so, right? So what do we do when we honor someone? What do you do? You pay them respect. You obey what they're saying, right? You give them whatever it is they're due. Is Jesus worthy of the praise that we sang three songs to this morning? Absolutely. Did you feel him spitting like crazy? Did you feel the, the, the Holy Spirit moving inside of you during that? Were you fully engaged in worship inside of those three songs? Or were you thinking about dinner? Or were you thinking about lunch? Or your brother punching the arm before church? Or what? Right? 
Like how, in, how focused are we inside of our worship? I'm telling you, if you learn how to worship, God will blow your socks off. It is a whole nother world. And I know a lot of you know how to worship. I love it. Just a little bit of challenge there, okay? Block out whatever it is you got going on. Focus on what God has for you. We can walk through this life and miss so much just because we, we aren't praying to have our eyes and ears open to what God has for us. There are people standing right in front of us in our worlds every single day. God is using to speak to us about things that we do not hear. Would you agree with that? We got to listen. We got to open our eyes. If people say they believe in God, but they don't believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, they do not believe in the true God. And there are people out there who believe that. They believe there's a God. They don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. In turn, they don't believe that he is the true God. And judgment will come. And this is the part where the message gets a little bit uncomfortable. Right? Jesus goes on and tries to encourage them at this point. He says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Right? So we have eternal life. How many people here have given their lives to Christ, have, have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Amen. Amen. We get to experience eternal life. We get to experience all the blessings that Jesus has for us right now inside the lives that we live. But are you truly experiencing those? Or are you living a life that's just walking along? Where would you measure yourself inside the blessed life that God has for you? If 10 is incredible and 1 is nothing, where are you? Do you want to be at a 10? Do you want to be at a 9? Where is that? You know what you got to do? You know what you got to do? You got to build your relationship with Jesus Christ. You got to dive into the Word of God. You got to start loving on people, right? You got to start answering the conviction that God puts on your heart. Jesus goes on and says, they will never be condemned for their sins, okay? Once we accept Christ as our Savior, we will not be condemned for our sins. Will we feel conviction? Absolutely, but no condemnation. That's the trick of Satan. Satan wants you to feel like you're condemned for doing whatever it is you did. You're not condemned, but you are convicted. He says that the, but they have already passed from death into life. Jesus is saying that one must hear his word and believe and respond in faith to it if you want to be saved from eternal punishment. He goes on in 25, he says, And I assure you that the time is coming, indeed, it's, it's here now, when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. He says in verse 26, the father has life in himself and he has granted that same life-giving power to his son and he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the son of man. Amen? So Jesus, as I said earlier, Jesus' first coming was to be the savior of the world. Amen. We get to grab a hold of that salvation. His second coming, coming he will be the judge. Verse 28, he says, don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. Jesus says here that all will come before him to stand before his judgment. There is no escape. So the conviction that I had on my heart today 
this morning is how many family members, friends, co-workers do we have who we know have not given their lives to Christ? They will, they will see the judgment of Jesus upon them. Do we have people in our life that we know have not given their lives to Christ? And what is our responsibility inside of that? Do we continue to walk along and not share the, Jesus, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ with them? Knowing the suffering is, that is about to come. There's two outcomes. Eternal life with God forever and eternal punishment away from God forever. I want you to think about that. We think about this world as 60 years or 80 years or 100 years. Our minds cannot really even fathom eternity. But just grab a hold of it for a minute and imagine gnashing of teeth and flames and burning but never being consumed. Can you imagine what that's going to feel like, look like, and experience for those loved ones that we have in and around our lives? C.S. Lewis put it this way. I love both of these quotes. The first one is this. People, so listen, so People who said to Jesus, all right, so people who said this to Jesus, your will be done. Their lives were characterized by living life Jesus' way and are welcomed into heaven, okay? So when we pray, God, I, I want your will in my life. I may pray for something and God say, I want this, I'd love to be blessed with this, but God, I want your will in my life. That's what I want, Right? That's what I want. I don't want something that God doesn't have for me. I may think I want it, but if I get it, it's not what I think it is, right? Because it's outside of God's will. That's one side. The other side is this. People to whom Jesus says. So this is Jesus speaking to someone. Your will was done. Their lives were characterized by rejecting Jesus and will be banished into hell. How does that sit with you? Not real good. The conviction I feel is just that we have to reach out. We, we, we know what, what Jesus has done in our lives. Right? What we were and what we are now. How many of you have experienced some type of healing by Jesus. Physical, mental, emotional. Most everybody in here. Okay. What's our responsibility inside of that? What's that? Testify. Tell our story. I can assure you, you got somebody in your life. The, the, the hardest people for me to witness to are close family and friends. It is. It's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that it, that it is. And I don't know, maybe I, I don't know if I make that as an excuse or what. But I need to, I need to go after those people. You're like, what do you mean go after them? I'm not, not going to hurt them, right? I can't hurt anybody, right? But I need, to, I need to show them the love of Jesus. You know, and maybe I need to ask how they're doing or pray with them or share what Jesus has done in my life. And not be weird about it, right? You don't have to be weird. 
Sometimes we are, but not all the time, right? But I know that we all have people in our lives that God wants us to talk to. It goes on in verse 30. Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. Jesus is saying that he is completely unified with God, one in the same. Imagine yourself, close your eyes just for a minute. I want to do this. So close your eyes. Imagine yourself now standing before God's throne. There's many verses in the Bible that talk about Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. So imagine that, yourself standing before God's throne with Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. And you will give an account for everything you've ever done. Think about that. Do you want Jesus to look at his Father and say, He is mine, I paid for his sins, forgiven. Or, will you stand there and have to pay for the sins on your own in hell forever? Open your eyes. That's a harsh reality, isn't it? Do we want Jesus saying, well done, my good and faithful servant? Is that what we want Jesus to say? Absolutely. Do we want to say, forgiven, Father? I took their sins upon me that day on the cross, totally and completely. Or do we stand there or know someone that will stand there before them that will serve eternity in hell as punishment for their sins? So what are we to do? If you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Right now, this very moment, I'll give you an opportunity at the close of service to come up front and I'll pray with you. If God has moved in your heart, you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins, and you're guilty for sin, right? And you confess that with your mouth, believe that in your heart, invite Him in, you will have salvation. Amen? If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you've already accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, then honor Him every day. Honor Him every day. Are we obeying? Are we giving Him the respect? Are we praising Him? Are we glorifying Him? Are we listening to Him? Show those around you by the judgments that you make that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Just like Mark and I were talking this morning. If we're showing the love of Jesus inside of our homes, inside of our workplaces, then people are going to think, you know what? Maybe I need to figure out who Jesus is. But if we're not, and we're being the opposite of that, we're being angry, jealous, rear ends, whatever word you want to use, do you think that people are going to want to come to Truth and Grace Fellowship or any other church seeing that witness, seeing that testimony? I don't think so. Most of us here today are here because we, th we saw Jesus through somebody else. Amen? I am covered in Jesus' bumps right now. Isn't that amazing to think about? Every one of us. 
is probably here because we saw Jesus through somebody else. Either our parents, a coworker, a friend, some, uh, somebody on YouTube, but we saw Jesus through someone. So are you going to be the vessel that others see Jesus through? Are you going to be that vessel? This fact of final judgment is taught throughout the whole Bible. It's scary and it's not popular, but it's the truth. We must also remember the amazing promise that Jesus lays out in verse 24 of our scripture today. That we are saved by faith and trust in him. Then we can joyfully cling to his promise in Romans 8.1 that says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? I'm going to read something to you, and um, it's all scripture, and I'll tell you when I'm done what it is, but I did it for the first time early this morning, and then I did it in the 8 o'clock service, and it's pretty, pretty cool. So close your eyes, and just listen. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we are still sinners. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen, amen, amen. Praise and worship, come on up. You know what that was? Romans Road. Isn't that incredible? God's got a plan for each and every one of us. He's got a plan for each person. He's planted on this earth. And the only way he gets to those people are through us, right? That's how God reaches more and more people. You know, I pray the prayer of Jabez just about every day. And part of it is, is, is God expand our territory. And what that means is, is expand our ministry. If that's inside of our homes, inside of this church, inside of your workplace, wherever it may be. But God bless us. Put, us, put your hand on us and guide us to lead us. So we're going to sing and praise Jesus again. Not my typical message, right? But it's the truth. It's the word of God. If you're at a place today where God has been working on you, right? Like you're like, it's time for me to give my life to Jesus. I want you to come down front and I'll pray with you. If you need to pray and just get something off your, your shoulders, come over here and just lay it out. Okay, these altars, they got plenty of room for more teardrops on them, I promise you. Pour your heart out. Don't walk out of here today feeling broken, ashamed, guilty, whatever it is that you walked in with. Leave that baggage up here. God doesn't want you to leave with it another day. Let's praise and worship God this morning.